Elul is a month-long holiday, or Hala month, that marks the end of one Jewish year and helps to transition into the beginning of a new one. Traditionally, it is a month of introspection, contemplation, and personal growth. Untraditionally, or less traditionally, Elul Unbound is a digital initiative offering up a wide variety of avenues for experimenting over the course of this month, as both an on-ramp into Rosh Hashanah and as an experience in and of itself. Sign up to join Elul Unbound's daily email list and learn more about all of Elul Unbound's offerings by heading to judaismunbound.com slash E-L-U-L. This is a special bonus edition of Judaism Unbound, Uncertainty. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Lex Rofberg. I'm Whitney Bernstein-Lash. And we are closing out. It's hard to believe we are closing out our Elul mini-episodes. This is our last one, our eighth of all time, um, our fourth of this year's Elul. It's not our last one. We'll, we'll have future years, but it's our last of the 2019 57, 79 version of Elul. And um, we are feeling bittersweet about it, but excited for this conversation. So in particular, we are going to be looking at the idea of uncertainty, Um I say uncertainly. We're going to be looking at uncertainty. We're going to be looking at certainty and how those twin concepts relate with one another over the course of Elul through a Jewish and podcast lens. So that's what's on the agenda today. And um, before we dive into it, we just wanted to say thank you to everybody who's been following along with all of our daily emails and... um, and encourage you, even if you just hopped aboard recently, to stay with us through the rest of Elul. Um, we've got our daily emails that go out and which we hope have been meaningful to you. And uh, we also just want to say that we've got one more Zoom gathering, one more video chat gathering where we have been checking in about our weekly Torah portion through through our lenses of Elul, through our themes of Elul, um, through uh general Judaism Unbound kinds of questions as well. So we've been having a lot of great conversations and we hope that you'll check out our last one. But so, Wendy, take us to uncertainty slash certainty land. How are, we, how are we looking at that today? Boy, it's such a big uh, landscape. It's hard to know where to, where to start, but I guess that's the uncertainty of it. Um, it feels like just the right time. Maybe Elul is partly uncertainty month. You, you shared in the first uh, podcast, like, I don't know what I want to focus on in my LL journey. I, I'm not sure, and that, but let's start. So that sense of we don't have to know where we're going. We actually don't know, have to know how we're going to do something, but we know that we want to do something. That's holding uncertainty that already is one level of difficulty. And then actually plunging in and saying, I'm going to live in uncertainty for a period of time, maybe a month, maybe longer. That is, a, is something that's not often that available to us. We are creatures of, give me a goal, I hit it, give me something to do, I nail it or I don't nail it. But I want to be certain about where I'm headed, what I'm supposed to be doing so that I can feel some... I, goal, I've checked it off, and I feel really good about it. The concept of uncertainty and doubt is the opposite, like steep yourself like a cup of tea in what it feels like to be uncertain, to have doubt. Uncertainty. 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 <laughs> I love it. Yes. Real great. All right. English Judaism breakfast. Unbound. Uncertainty. uncertainty. It's a new product. <laughs> yeah. And what's it like to actually 
bring that on, it's, it's challenging. I know for me over the years, the times that I've either been thrust into a time or I've chosen it, you know, just going on a silent meditation retreat, which I like to do at least once a year, is a way to embrace uncertainty because I don't know what's going to happen in my head. And I really, you know, I have, to, I have to allow that spaciousness to see what's going to unfold this time that we're living in of seems to be all about uncertainty and doubt. So why not cultivate it? Why not embrace it instead of try and navigate around it, which I think is our default many times because it's so uncomfortable and we, we don't have the skill set. We haven't built the skill set to actually manage and navigate in uncertainty and doubt. I'm really interested in the three, the three words you've just used. So questioning, uncertainty, doubt, like they're all kind of along the same lines in some respects, but I also get like different vibes, different connotations from them. And what's interesting is like when people talk about Judaism, oh, we're going to distill Judaism to its essence. And like that whole project might be not my favorite project. I think that it doesn't really have one essence. But when, when people do it, they often say like, ah, Judaism, religion of questioning. You know, we ask why to everything. We've got the four questions on Passover. We've got, you know, all these all these big questions and the Talmud is full of, you know, questions more than answers. I mean, these are all true. Um, but at the same time, like, there's also a lot of answers. <laughs> there's like a lot of statements, uh, clear, clear-cut kinds of statements made in Jewish texts, Jewish stories, etc. Um, doubt really gets me intrigued because... Um, Doubt, I also associate, I don't know if I have like evidence for this. I also associate doubt with Jewishness, but I associate a variety of different kinds of doubt with Jewishness. One is like doubt of authority, um, questioning of power, uncertainty about those who rule us. Um, I, I tried to use all three of the words. I like doubt of figures who, who are in power and we know, independent of Jewish texts, but also including them, like Jews tend to do a lot of that. We, we right now have seen, you know, lots of activists out in the streets questioning forms of authority. We've seen that in lots of eras of American Jewish history. We've seen it before that in other contexts in the world. Um, so I, I really like thinking about what, like, like what that means and why it is that Throughout history, we've had this Jewish muscle in us that causes us to doubt what what we are told by our societies. Um, and I'm nervous about all three of these words. I'm nervous about questioning and uncertainty and doubt because I feel like right now we actually need a kind of certainty. We need to absolutely be able to look at our world from every angle and we need to be able to understand how others are perceiving the world from every angle. But some things are really clear. Um, and, and I just keep flashing to the border and thinking about kids in cages. And it's like, that actually, like, I'm certain about the, the, the morality of that, or to be more frank, like the amorality of that. It, it is not a question to me. I actually don't find it to be complicated. I don't see any complexity there. I don't see any nuance there. Um, these are all words that I find are important, but not the only ones we need right now. So I guess I'm maybe uncertain about uncertainty. I, I'm struggling with whether and how we can balance our need to really lean into that Elul spirit of 
taking a breath, taking it slow, like we talked about last week, which I do think involves a kind of uncertainty, uh, a kind of self-questioning. But how we, but I'm asking myself, how do we balance that with certainty around issues of justice in our world and and others that that really are kind of straightforward in our moment? I'm absolutely in alignment with you about we know things to be so and part of the struggle of the time that we are is non-news sites are trying to make us question the things that we know such as the science behind climate change and things like that that's not what we're talking about here and the plug for certainty is when we know things and they're immoral what i'm trying to look at is the inner journey and not those things that we know, but the things that we don't know, and yet we feel like we should know. I should know this, or I want to know. I want to have certainty around what is the right way to do something. What is my next job? Should I, was I wrong here? Should I apologize to somebody or not? I don't feel like I, you know, I did anything wrong. How do we navigate that kind of uncertainty? How do we navigate the uncertainty of the whole concept of yud heh vav God, um, and the tradition that's been given to us and where we see that we want to go. So I, I, while life isn't compartmentalized, I'm, I'm focusing on that internal uncertainty that I think just to be human, just to be alive, we already have, we, we live with the sense of, am I doing the right thing? It comes out a lot as you parent, Like, how do I support this young being to become the best being that they can be? I don't know how to do that. I don't have a manual. So I have to live with a certain amount of doubt and uncertainty and know that I'm not going to get too overwhelmed by it. I want to explore and figure out, and I'll know by what I do and what, what comes back to me. I'll know by what works and what doesn't work with my kid, or I'll know what works and doesn't work with me as a spiritual practice. I don't have to know what the right spiritual practice is for me. I have to be willing to go into the uncertainty and say, let me try some stuff on and be willing to fail forward or be willing to be in the conflict of not knowing and come in as a learner. That's the doubt and uncertainty that I think is great to cultivate. I think I very much buy the distinction that you're drawing um, in terms of like internal questioning and, and uncertainty. And I'm flashing to one of my favorite quotes from the Mishnah. It's like a nothing quote, but it stuck with me when I first saw it. And it's from this random section of Mishnah called Midot that's talking about the dimensions of the temple. And so it's a bunch of rabbis, and they're talking about a temple that was destroyed long before their lives. Um, And so they're talking about this, and they're saying, ah, the dimensions of this room were this, and blah, blah, blah. And one of the rabbis says, uh, Elazar ben Yaakov in chapter 2 says, I don't remember. Like, I don't remember what this... He's talking about one particular room or something. I don't remember what it looked like. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. That Like, this this book is full of rabbis just like talking out their butts about something they never saw in their lives. This temple that was destroyed long before they were born. And like, they're all expressing certainty about, ah, yeah, it was this big and it had these things and these people guarded it for this long. Like, ah, I don't remember. 
Like that is the most honest, that is the most spectacular statement. And it came from a place of confidence of thinking, you know what, I'm allowed to say I don't know. I'm allowed to say I don't remember. And it's not going to like take away any shred of authority I have in the eyes of people reading this. Like I actually find it to be very refreshing because it is this beautiful moment of self-uncertainty, for lack of a better term. And so, with you there, I'm still struggling because I do think that we, in doing our work of internal uncertainty and questioning ourselves and thinking about how we do our teshuva, how we do our atonement work, how we how we consider whether to forgive people. I remember last year you gave some beautiful thoughts on whether there's moments where we might not be ready uh, to forgive someone and that might be okay. Like all of that work I'm with. I do think that when we really flex that muscle in ourselves, and I'm using this like weird flexing imagery because I think these are things that we practice, like going to the gym where you can do certain kinds of exercise more than others. Like, I think that when we do that so much and we we have the danger of creating a sense that like being really sure of ourselves is some is a problem to be fought against. And and I see that, to be honest, in some of our political discourse among among people who who are resisting right now. Like this is an internal debate among people who I actually see eye to eye with. Do we do we actually need to say like, no, this is not complicated. And if you're not on our side on certain key questions in our society, you're kind of not on our team. And we're and we're like we're not about compromise. Um or is this a moment where we need to be focusing on bridge building work and specifically thinking about those who are not yet on our side? Like that's a, a classic question of how to go about societal change. And lately I've been as my this has come through already in my voice. Like I've been erring on the side of being certain and doing some of the work of like actively resisting, fighting against the not violently fighting, but like nonviolently fighting for the values that I perceive. So it's it's hard is what I'm getting at. Yes, it's hard. Um, you used a word that stood out to me. Um, I guess that's as spiritual directors, that's what I, I do as I listen for these things. You talked about honesty. And I think that's what this boils down to is if you're honest in your certainty, then, you know, then you're in, uh, in alignment and you know I'm, this is, I'm drawing a line here. You're with me or you're against me because that's honestly where I need to stand. And if you're honestly in your doubt and you're honestly in the, I don't know, I can, I'd like to build a bridge. I feel like I'm, I can listen to and understand both sides of this, then, then that's where you need to stand. So it's just allowing people a, a more of a continuum to be honest and to, Maybe that's what Alul is about, is rigorous honesty of who are you, what do you stand for, where do you hold questions, and can you hold those questions and be okay with that and not feel like you have to be certain about everything? Yeah, I mean, when it, it really does come down to what you said about sometimes having to draw a line. And I, I wanted to share a little bit of my own LO work on this uncertainty thread, um, mixture of uncertainty slash certainty thread. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the NFL, like 
the National Football League of all things, because that's a place where I've actually been focusing a lot of my effort this year. And, um, and this is kind of the product of a, a long journey. Um, so here's, here's the, the background. The, the, the punchline is I am no longer following the NFL. I'm no longer watching it, no longer buying merchandise, um, because of my issues with what it stands for politically and what it does to people who play it in terms of their long-term health, all sorts of things. So that's the punchline. But I sort of came to that after a really, really long time of wrestling with my relationship to the NFL because this institution has been like kind of a religious part of my life ever since I can remember. Um, growing up in Milwaukee, in Wisconsin, where the Green Bay Packers are everybody's conversation topic on Monday morning after the game, having as some of my very first memories of any kind, watching them win the Super Bowl and then lose the Super Bowl when I was six and then when I was seven. So I, I've i been wrestling with this for a long time and there I wanted to bring it up because it really does revolve around this theme of certainty and uncertainty because what I'm certain of is that this project of the NFL does harm to our world. So there's in recent years, it's been associated with assisting those who commit domestic violence and stigmatizing those who are victims of it. There's ways in which um, on struggles around racial justice with Colin Kaepernick, the NFL as an organization has been on the wrong side. There's over and over, there's its association with militarism. There's all these things. And there's also, of course, the ways in which people who play for their careers have faced really damaging consequences to their entire remainder of their lives. And so, given all that, I mean, I've known all of those things for a little while, but there was a long period of kind of dissonance where I knew those things and I didn't really do anything with the those realizations. I didn't change my relationship to the NFL. And if it came up in conversation, some of these topics, you know, the ways that the NFL has some really serious flaws... I would talk about them and I wouldn't, you know, I didn't do too much defending, but I, I realized at a certain point that I, it was, it didn't make a whole lot of sense for me to have those conversations while still like having as a weekly rhythm of my life, this kind of religious orientation to professional football. And so this year I am no longer going to have that and I'm not watching any games anymore and I'm not buying any jerseys and there's all sorts of ways in which this is going to have a big effect on sort of the flow of my life. Because for so long, from September through February, that's really been at the core, or maybe not quite at the core, but it's been a, it, an important part of my life and how I connect to people. And I wanted to name that it's very hard and it's a struggle, and I actually am not certain about it. Um, I don't know in the end whether the things I'm doing really have that much of an impact, and the the theories of change I buy into are not where just sort of on an individual level, I choose not to consume a particular product or support a particular organization. But I do actually hope that, um, and this is part of why I'm saying this on a, a podcast that has listeners, I, I do actually hope that this grows into a broader movement and that there are really people that come to the forefront who do choose to no longer support the NFL. And I think that that work is done most effectively, not because we're better, in many ways we're not, but like by people who have been deeply connected to the NFL for a long time. You know, I grew up collecting sports cards, f football cards included. I grew up 
I, I have cheese heads. I have Green Bay Packers jerseys. Like having people that have this deep relationship and realize that it's important to give it up and to say that there are values that trump our enjoyment of this sport is is important. So that's where I'm at today. Um, but I, I wanted to name that there was this really long period of dissonance that was a challenge for me in retrospect. But I have reached a place of a little bit more certainty on it. Well, I think maybe to close it off, because I know we're getting close yeah. to the end here, maybe just to recognize that the dissonance is actually part of the process. So I don't know that we can avoid it. It's actually when we're growing from one place of understanding and certainty to another that it's like shedding a skin. And so it's going to be uncomfortable. And coming back to what you were saying about how, you know, the things that we do, what we want are for the big institutional and, and corporate changes, but, or, and, when we're inside of something, we can really understand it and we probably wrestle with it more than if we never got yeah. into the inside of it. So I think it's fabulous that you talked about that dissonance because I think we need to embrace that dissonance. I think a lot of us feel dissonance and we don't know what to do with it. But to me, it's a sense of it's a growing pain. It's a positive growing pain that we're shedding something. And so if people are feeling dissonance in their life or their things that they're wrestling with here in a little, I see that as very positive. So that's a good note to end on. I, we're we're aligned on that that um, the taking this month and finding that question for you that sort of unlocks the uncertainty is a really important thing to do because it it might like me lead to a moment of clarity of certainty where you feel more confident about whatever direction you're going. So that's that's been my experience. Um, I really do hope that for many people, the specific question you take on is the NFL. If you if you have been a a big football fan, I think that it's time for a lot of us to make that question. Um, but at the same time. To close out this episode, I'd, I'd really just encourage people to find what is that stretch? What is that question that you've been bouncing around in your head for a while, but maybe not quite reached a moment of mental consensus on? Like, find it. See what it is. Um, it took me, even as I led this Elul initiative last year, I wasn't quite ready for this issue of the NFL to, to come to front of mind, but now it has, and I'm grateful for it. So hopefully, um, if there's some dissonance that you're wrestling with, you can, you can find it. Um, thank you so much to all of you listening and who have been following along with these daily emails. We've said it a number of times, but Elul Unbound started as like a wild experiment last year. It has stunned us how many people have connected to it and what it has unlocked in each of us that have been able to organize it a little bit. So we hope that you'll enjoy these last few days of it. And we hope that you'll let folks know about it so that next year when it rolls around, we'll continue to grow and ask new questions associated with this time of year. So thank you so much for listening. You can be in touch with us at lex at judaismunbound.com or l-o-l-e-l-u-l at judaismunbound.com. And with that, this has been Elul Unbound, and this has been Judaism Unbound.